Hello, welcome to Conversations on Africa's Development, a dialogue series brought to you by the African Union Development Agency, NEPAD. My name is Mwanjanganjo. I'm the head of communications at AUD and NEPAD. The conversation this day is, where is Africa headed in the COVID-19 era? We have with us in the studio today, Mrs. Estherine Fotabong, Director of Program Planning and Innovation at AUD and NEPAD. Mrs. Fotabong comes with experience from the legal field and before joining the African Union Development Agency, she held numerous key positions in international organizations. Mrs. Fotabong has over the years received a number of awards that recognize her area of expertise in championing agriculture and women advancement across the continent. For instance, in 2014, 15 and 16, she received awards from the governments of Ethiopia, Cameroon, as well as Egypt. Uh, the awards include her dedication to leadership towards the advancement of equality and empowerment of women in Africa. In 2015, she also received an award by Top Women in Business and Government, a leading publication in Africa, acknowledging her work as one of the top women in agriculture policy on the continent. In 2018, Mrs. Fortabong was also recognized as Female Expert of the Year, and uh, the Egyptian government gave her recognition for agriculture rural transformation. Mrs. Estherine Fortabong, welcome to our discussion this morning. Thanks, Monja, for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us in the studio. Seeing as the COVID-19 pandemic is going to be with us for quite some time now, in your opinion, what do you think are the key areas that the continent of Africa should be focusing on? Uh, well, Monja, um, the last uh, one and a half years um, has been um, a challenging one, a trying one for everyone, for member states, um, for individuals, for families. You know, the COVID-19 and the continent, um, we have, I think, about 3.0 um, confirmed cases globally, the global cases of COVID <laughs> uh, cases and about 3.8 um, of the total death from mm -hmm. COVID mm -hmm. and the continent. Um, I think we have to, uh, this was a surprise, it's, I said it was a pandemic, it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, we have to give credit to the African governments for the way they responded um, to the pandemic. The very timely, the, 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 the response from governments were, was very timely. And we saw the decisiveness as yes, well. Yes, it was the very decisive. Um, African governments were the first to close their borders, which actually helped a lot in terms of, you know, reducing the spread of, of the, the COVID um, virus. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think we also have to um, acknowledge the um, responses in terms of financial support um, that member states give to the vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. um, but also very importantly, the African Union, um, through the African CDC, yeah. mm -hmm. um, stepped in and really um, um, supported the coordination um, of member states um, in terms of access to vaccine mm -hmm. um, and also supporting member states in and strengthening their, their health systems mm -hmm. um, to be able to do the testing uh, and, and so on and so forth. So 
Um, Where should our focus be now? <laughs> our focus now, of course, one have to look in the context of the response. Yeah. While we did all of that, while governments did all of that, mm -hmm. there were still areas that could be improved. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the COVID uh, 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 pandemic, we, of course, need to encourage um, vaccination of the population because we mm -hmm. do know that um, with the vaccine, um, severe diseases and hospitalization are reduced. Yeah, yeah. Um, we want our member states to also look into the healthcare systems mm -hmm. um, to be able to make sure that um, the population have access to um, health facilities and also build the capacity to be able to handle not only this pandemic but other pandemics. Yeah. Um, you know, the pandemic is not just a health issue. Indeed. It's, it's more than that. It's, it's even more of an economic and social issues. Mm -hmm. So I think the pandemic has seriously exposed the weaknesses in our systems, mm -hmm. the inequalities in our systems. So when we talk about rebuilding better, we really need to put a focus on how we address these issues of inequalities mm -hmm. in our countries. All right, so um, working for the African Union Development Agency, NEPET, the continent's development agency, what do you think is a valued addition that an organization such as AUD and NEPET has to bring to African citizenry in mitigating the, the impacts of COVID-19? That, that, that's, that's an excellent question. Mm. Uh, but to get with what NEPET wants have, have to offer, I will first start by saying, I think as a society, um, we are failing our children. Mm, we are feeling our so. youth. <laughs> mm. Because, you know, um, last week or so, the South African Labor Office released the employment statistics. Mm. And I'm just um, calling South Africa because the report came out, but it's across board. Mm -hmm. The um, unemployment rate are increasing. Mm -hmm. um, it was a problem before, but now with COVID, it is even worse. Mm. So we do have unemployment rate up to about 50% of young people being mm. unemployed. Oh, that's, that, that's severe. <laughs> that is a serious mm. problem. That's the serious problem. Um, in addition to the unemployment rate that we have, we also have other issues that are shown to get uh, getting worse. So unemployment rate in the last four years is mm -hmm. increasing. We have issues of gender-based violence uh, that are increasing. We have issues of childhood, teenage pregnancy mm -hmm. that are increasing. So, in these social issues are there, mm -hmm. economic issues are there, and then we have the environmental challenges as well, mm -hmm. um, where we have more droughts as a result of, 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 of climate change. Mm -hmm. um, so for AUD and NEPAD, I think we, we, we cannot put ourselves out of this context because we are operating in a context where these are the real issues. Mm -hmm. So we really need, it, this is time for decisive leadership. Yeah. This is time for action. I think we've, we've done a lot of talking, a lot of analysis. Now we need concrete actions. AUD and NEPAD, when the COVID um, uh, uh, pandemic started, mm. we did um, re-look re at our strategy, our um, uh, 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 um, AUDA strategy for the next three years. Mm -hmm. We reviewed it 
and we kind of repurposed and restructured it okay. and reprioritized the areas that we want to focus based on what we have seen played out as a result of the pandemic. So in the next few years, for thematic issues, we are going to be focusing on issues on food security, health systems, economic recovery. And um, in order to do this, we also have to focus on some of the vulnerable groups. Mm -hmm. So in this case, women, the youth, and um, rural populations. So for AUD and NEPAD, our work in the next few years mm -hmm. will be to make sure that we support member states with tools mm -hmm. that can help to strengthen um, their national planning systems so that the issues that we spoke about earlier of inequalities yeah. are addressed. Um, we want to be supporting them with tools that will help to create jobs for young people mm -hmm. because we cannot afford to have 50% of our young people unemployed. Mm -hmm. it, it really doesn't bode well for the, con for, mm -hmm. for, for, for the continent. As they say, idle hands will lead to other challenges. Mm -hmm. Political upheavals are possible. Mm -hmm. This is not where we want to go. So I think okay. we need to give our, our youth the chance and so we will invest in the in some of our programs that we have been doing over the years. Mm -hmm. One, the ones relating to job creation for youth, like the AFTF project, we will expand it, upscale right. it, to be able to reach more young people. We've been doing a program on women empowerment and GCAPs. We will continue to do that. Sorry, what is GCAPs? That's um, gender and climate agricultural um, program. Uh -huh. So we will build adaptive capacities of, of women mm -hmm. to be able to um, being at the forefront on climate change issues, just strengthen them, give them organizing capacity, they can come together, they can transform their produce, they can be given the skills to get more into agribusiness, agro-entrepreneurship mm -hmm. agro activities. We are going to be working with SMSs, small and medium-sized enterprises. Mm -hmm. It has been shown all over the world that to drive economies, you have to invest in small businesses. I think it is time that we as EUDA work with member states to give the tools to build capacity of small and medium-sized enterprises and support member states to create the environment, the policy environment that gives incentives for the small and medium-sized enterprises. So our program, the 100,000 SMEs, yeah. we are going to roll that out, scale that in the sectors. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about talking about SMEs, but looking at those sectors that will drive economic growth, such as tourism, mm -hmm. um, such as um, uh, uh, agribusiness, um, such as the extractive industry. Um, these are sectors that we are going to be encouraging the growth of SMEs and supporting them. All right, may you please um, touch a little bit on the AUD and NEPAD COVID response. What was it all about and where did, what were the gains made? Although you've already expounded on it a little bit, but let's look at the strategy itself. Well, the COVID response strategy focused on a number of areas. One, we did a lot on the policy and advocacy side of things. Mm -hmm. Another component was on the technical assistance. So we collaborated a lot with the um, African CDC. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, um, AUD and NEPAD did put resources through the African CDC, about a million US dollars, mm -hmm. to support building capacity of the um, first-line workers in member states, as well as providing the PPEs that were so critical 
at the beginning of the, the COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So these were, I mean, significant resources that did help member states to put in place what they needed um, to um, respond timeliness in, um, to, to the COVID-19. We also, um, in addition to this very concrete support to member states, had several um, seminars and policy meetings bringing different stakeholders to raise awareness mm -hmm. on the issue of COVID-19 and sharing experiences from other regions um, how they were tackling um, on the issue um, so that you know um, our own countries could also you know draw on such experiences. Um, in terms of um, technical um, support yeah. we worked with a number of African countries mm -hmm. to build strengthen their capacity on for data capturing um, so um, we did um, provide um, support for a number of member states to strengthen capacities in their institutions to be able to record um, information on where the, the cases are yeah. um, the responses are where um, uh, 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 the populace could go in for testing so Using ge geographical information system, um, we did provide that tool that provided information um, for the, the, the countries, uh, but more importantly, the population to be able to have information on where they could go for testing and information relating to COVID. All right, no, thank you very much. Now, looking at where we are now, what we know about the managing of pandemics, we've had yellow fever, we've had Ebola, and now we're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and we've built our resources and our capacity to, to respond. Where do you think Africa's future is headed? Are we ready for the future as a continent? What's your take? <laughs> yes, of course, we are ready for the future. I have to be positive mm -hmm. um, and I have to be hopeful because um, as a continent, we do have the human resources. Um, we do have the natural resources. But I think what we need to do, we need to have a bit of the rethinking of our development pathways, taking into account what we are living now as a result of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, a lot has been done, but a lot still needs to be done. We spoke earlier about the unemployment situation. I think it is critical moving forward that we our member states and AUDA as the development agency of the continent supports this work. We spoke earlier also about climate change. You cannot, um, the IPC, the International Panel for Climate Change report mm -hmm. just came out and we are at the precipice of a, a disaster. Mm, don't say that. <laughs> that is, this is the reality. Are we ready for that? We have to get ready um, and to get ready we need to look at the issue of adaptation, we need to look at the issue of mitigation and mitigation in this instance for Africa is a real question because mm. our economies are still growing and we want to reduce carbon emission. So you are in that bind of development and reducing emission. How do we get to zero carbon emissions mm -hmm. without jeopardizing the development of the continent? So I think the collaboration with other countries um, and partners to be able to take on board technologies that can help us leapfrog our economies without sacrificing the developmental needs of our continent is critical.
Yeah, so the issue of digitalization is also important. We have seen through this COVID pandemic how we have used telemedicines. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think this is an area where we need more capacity in our countries to be able to. Um, we have all these digital hubs run by young people. This is an area that could be supported to create more jobs, but also bring our countries into the 21st century in terms of the use of you know, um, technologies. And um, I think the issue of financing is key. Mm -hmm. Now, we need to look in, inside our countries because you cannot always look outward indeed, for, indeed. to drive your development. Mm -hmm. I think um, where member states have prioritized that these are sectors to drive the recovery, it needs to be followed with the necessary budgets. So domestic resource mobilization will be key going forward. But that said, it's also important to be able to drill constructive partnerships with the private sector mm -hmm. so that they can come in and invest in the areas where the government have identified as driving um, for driving growth. Thirdly, our development partners have to also step up um, their support to African countries. We've, we've talked about climate change. We mm -hmm. know that Africa is not responsible for the situation we are facing with regard to climate change. So there's necessary the need for development con developed countries to come up with the commitments that they have made. They promised 100 million US dollars to adaptation. That money is not yet there. Oh, really? So mm -hmm. as we are going to Glasgow, <laughs> African countries must hold them responsible to meet um, those, those commitments. I take that it Africa made. will go with a common position. <laughs> Absolutely. So the AUD and NEPAT has been working, is working with the African Union Commission, supporting the member states to develop the African common position for Glasgow. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mrs. Waterbong. It's been a pleasure having you with us today. There, we've heard it. Um, Africa has made progress, but there's a lot more that still needs to be done. There's rethinking that needs to be done. There are lessons to be learned. Um, based on what we've gone through and the exposure of weaknesses in our systems that the COVID-19 has exposed us to. We need to strengthen our health systems, education systems, our institutions, but there's also a rethinking that we need to go through. And as Mrs. Fotabong has highlighted, the youth are the key to Africa's uh, future, as well as marginalized groups, including women and those in the rural areas. My name is Monjanganjo, signing out for the African Union Development Agency. Have a nice day. Till next time. Thank you.